Welcome back to the Call Game Podcast, and it's consecutive weeks recording a podcast, which feels nice, starting to get back into the flow of things, and uh, it's 7.30 here on the East Coast, just finishing up the football for the day, ready to recap the week, sports and all, excited. Yep, we're going to go through the games this week. Um the, some Celtics stuff, some NBA stuff about the like new rule changes and how that's affecting the game, and then also some World Series stuff. And I think we're going to start out with the NFL. Um, I just wanted to start, one game I wanted to talk about is the Bengals-Jets game. It's not a game you'd think that would be super interesting, but the Bengals were kind of like a team that people were liking they were five and two going into this week everyone was all high on them and then they lose to the Jets um the Jets obviously played well it wasn't all just the Bengals the Jets quarterback Mike White threw for 405 yards and three touchdowns on 37 of 45 passing he did throw two picks but that's not bad for a guy that a lot of a lot of people who probably haven't heard of him so yeah. I guess my, my 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 main takeaway is like maybe pump the brakes on the Bengals hype a little bit, but what do you think of that game? Yeah, that was a weird game because Zach Wilson's out. So you, I mean, no one's seen Mike White play, so you're not really getting any film on him. But at at, at the same time, that shouldn't really matter that no film leads Mike White to throw for 405 yards on you and three mm. touchdowns as the Saints just win the game on yeah, a pick. Yeah, I was about to say. Pick six. Yep. Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. The Is Saints Tom Brady just really beat the, the Bucks. After that, pick six, maybe not. But, <laughs> wow, that was crazy. All right, back to what I was saying, though. Yeah, the uh, Bengals bandwagon was on full steam ahead, like you were saying. And then Mike White comes, kind of puts it to a halt. For me, I think it's more of a reality check on the Bengals than it is anything else. I think that they're good, but I think they still have some holes. I think their defense isn't a defense that's fully solidified in this league, and I think uh, the Jets exposed them today with their huge offensive performance. And as a Patriots fan who's watched uh, the Patriots play the Jets two times already this season, the Jets are really freaking bad, and to have the Jets put up a 30 spot on the Bengals, who are people who people have in the playoffs, it's a little alarming if you're one of those people who are on the Bengals bandwagon. Yep. Um, how about you pick a game that you want to talk about? Oh, geez. I mean... Pats game? I, I mean, I, yeah, you knew where I was going with yeah. that. If you, the Pats just finished up with a 27-24 win against the Chargers. And that was a big win that gets the Pats back to 500, takes a game off the Chargers, and with the Bengals losing, it kind of helps the Pats out in many different ways. But this was a big game. The Patriots have been losing close games all season long. The games that have been like Dallas game, losing OT, the uh, Buccaneers game where we lose on a game-winning field goal missed by Nick Folk. 
So it's been tough to see those close games kind of slip through our fingers, and it was really good to see us win one of these close games against a good team. And this was our first real win of the year, I feel like, because we had three wins, but it was against the Jets twice and the Texans. So nothing to really hang your hat on. But coming out here and beating a team like the Chargers, who we both agree are a very good team, it's kind of a something you can hang your hat on and be like, all right, that's a solid win. Uh, Mac Jones did not play well. I think the team, it was more of a battle of who didn't want it because watching the game, it was brutal. There was bad penalties, bad decision-making, bad play-calling. Herbert looked off. I was excited to see him sling the rock around, to be honest. I wanted to see him show off that cannon, but he seemed off. He threw a bad pick six at the end there that kind of gave the Patriots the game. But as a Pats fan, I'm excited. But as a non-biased watcher, viewer, what did you see? Um, I didn't catch the whole game, but I caught the end. I My takeaway in general is that, like, before this, I was kind of thinking, like, the of the Pats as a team that are well coached. They're, like, pretty competent. They'll beat up on bad teams, but I don't really trust them against good teams. So I'm impressed that they're able to beat a team like the Chargers. Um, I w look, just looking at the stats, Mac Jones wasn't, like, incredible. He, he had a bad game. He had a, he had a really bad game. But I was impressed by his last drive where yeah. the Chargers just really needed a stop, and he just marched right down the field. So... I was impressed by him and by the Pats in general. Yeah, it was very good to see if you're a Pats fan. You just needed that win to kind of say, all right, we can beat a competent team. and We're back to 500, so now I think we play the Panthers next in Carolina, which I kind of like that game. The way they've been playing, they've been kind of on a downward spiral. But they did pick up a win today. I think the Patriots are going to get to over 500 for the first time in the season next week, and we'll be on our way to the playoffs. So, mm. there you have it. Uh, no, another game that jumps out. Uh, Bills stay hot, beat up on the Dolphins. Panthers get back to 500. Nothing really to see there. Except, uh, Kyle Pitts, I know you're listening. If you could step it up, you're really letting me down in fantasy this year. Like, we need you to be better. The tight end pool is not very large in fantasy this year. It's really Darren Waller, Darren Waller, Kittle, Mark Andrews, and I need you to pick up your game. So that's just a message straight to him from me. I think I'll have to get back to you on that. I think he should because his performance today was two catches, like three points, and unacceptable mm. play. Oh, unacceptable. speaking of unacceptable play, did you just see that drop? Oh, I did not. I might be a little bit behind you. Yeah, let's see. Um, so, do you have anything else to say about the NFL before we look at this. hop into the next drop. topic? Ooh! Johnson. It's a good way not to get the ball from Brady mm -hmm. ever again. Uh, I think we have to talk about the uh, Packers. Yeah, that's uh, true. Cardinals. Um, I'm trying to... I guess... This makes me think of the... I mean, it doesn't actually really change much for me. I was, like, a little bit skeptical of the Cardinals. I still think they're good, but I also think they're not, like, amazing. Um, the Packers, I kind of thought they were pretty good. This is... This, like, makes me think a little bit more highly of them just because it's a, definitely a real opponent. Um, 
I think these teams are pretty evenly matched, and that was evident. It's exciting because in the NFC, there's a handful of teams that are really strong, and it, especially as the Bucks lose here, it doesn't seem yeah. like there's a clear leader. There's the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers, the Cardinals. I might be forgetting someone, but those seem like and the Cowboys are Cowboys. Um, but there's a lot of great teams this year and no clear like front runner. So it's exciting to see. Yeah. I took out of that. I, I always knew that the Cardinals weren't like a seven and O juggernaut. Like right. they weren't like a dominant seven and O and like they're like the Patriots that year they lost to the giants undefeated season up until that point where it was just all gears clicking. It wasn't that type of seven and O. So it kind of it kind of made sense, like you said. It didn't really sway me either way. It it more impacted me in the uh, thoughts I had about Green Bay. All of the receivers were out for Green Bay. Devontae was out. Um, mm-hmm. Marquez Valdez Gantling was out. He's your boy from uh, mm, the from Madden, Madden twenty, I think. Twenty, maybe but, uh, Yeah, he was out, and he was throwing to guys who I've never heard of. Alan Lazard was his number one option, and uh, he got the job done. It really restores faith in the Packers for me more than it does take away from the Cardinals. And we saw it at the end. The Cardinals had a chance to win it with a miscommunication. If if it wasn't for a miscommunic- miscommunication, they might have had it. So really could have gone either way. Probably should have been the Cardinals' win. But it does more for me if you're uh, in the Packers' side of things. And for those who doesn't don't know, the Packers beat the Cardinals 27-20. 24, 21. 24. Oh, like I said, 21, 20. <laughs> I don't know where I got that score from, but, uh, yeah. Ah, it's all right. Um, it's all right. Is that it? I don't have much else for Hold the up. NFL. Well, I, mean, uh, I got one more thing. Just kind of looking right. through the standings. Pretty close races all around. NFC East wrapped up. The Washington football team, they've been stinking it up this year. A lot of people had them coming out of this division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, boy, they are on a four-game losing streak to all good teams, though. But, yikes. Yeah. I it's, don't really know. I don't watch That division, games. it's, like, hard to blame people, I guess. But, because I mean, the Cowboys in the past, everyone has been like, oh, just pick the Cowboys. They have the most talent. Chances right. are they, they'll get it done. But, like... They've been bad so much lately that it was like it made sense to not pick them at the time, but now it's kind of seeming stupid that anyone picked anyone other than the Cowboys to come out of that division. Yeah, I think what you said is true. Just not enough talent, and I'm seeing here the Bucks and Saints are getting chippy after the game. Mm-hmm. would like to see that, but uh, yeah, that division's wrapped up. Packers have their division wrapped up. Bucks at this point don't have the division wrapped up after that game. I think Bucks dropped to six and two. Saints improved five and two. So and they're gonna play again. Uh, Cardinals and Rams that'll be a race to watch throughout the uh, year. AFC East wrapped up. The Patriots have that in the bag, sitting at four and four, a game and a half back of the Bills. Speaking of the AFC East, sorry to jump in there. Go ahead. The, I love talking AFC the, East. Um, the uh, Dolphins suck. I mean, yeah, it might just be that the Bills kill them, but the Dolphins are one and seven. They were like they lost to the Falcons, the Jaguars, 
the yeah. Colts, the I mean, Raiders. Those they were supposed to be like kind of first year this year, and they're just not yeah. at all. They're, I have a one of my losers is going to be tied into that, but mm. it's it's not looking good over there. Man, if this is not what you want to see from Tua, this is not what you want to see from a team that had playoff aspirations. And it's kind of looking like Deshaun or bust at this point for them because mm-hmm. I'm not really seeing a way that their team's going to break through this division without something like a big splash move like that. Yeah. AFC North, Ravens, Steelers sneaking above 500. After a slow start, people kind of writing them out. Pick up a big win against the Browns. They're on a three-game winning streak. As a Steelers fan, what are you seeing from your boys in black and uh, yo? Um, I mean, this feels like a win that would have been, like, that they, I forget what year it was, but the year where, like, they had Duck Hodges playing quarterback. Mm. This feels like one of those wins. Like, I mean, Roethlisberger was actually okay. He didn't throw a pick, and his completion percentage was decent. Najee Harris was the big main story. He... Rushed for 91 and a touchdown and caught 30 yards of passes. Deontay Johnson was good. I mean, this team, like, the defense is good. So if it's, if the defense is good enough, then it's just up to the offense. And usually the offense isn't good enough, but it just was this week. I'm still not convinced unless, I unless, like, I see consistent, good play from Roethlisberger I'm still not convinced yeah I think it just comes down to Roethlisberger and what he can piece together with that offense but yeah another surprise team in the basement the Browns at four and four yeah I think it has a lot to do with the Baker injury but uh another team you don't expect to see in the basement at week eight of the season many people if not everyone had them winning the division including myself mm-hmm. actually I might have had the Ravens we'll have to check the files on that but yeah surprise team for sure definitely uh, I think that's it for the NFL talk. Uh, I would like to say Broncos and Panthers fans, after absolutely going crazy after their team started 3-0 and against terrible uh, football clubs, they are now sitting at 4-4 four and four apiece. And uh, I'm glad they had three weeks of happiness and excitement because they've both kind of had reality checks. Yep. It's time to focus on the draft. Yeah, yeah, I like what. As my team is sitting at four and four, and I'm talking about playoff hopes, though, we're a different four and four. Mm-hmm. We're a dominant uprising four and four. As I'm watching the pick six, the Patriots took from Herbert and appreciating. Uh, what a great play that was! All right, what do we got now? Um, do you wanna do some NBA stuff? NBA stuff, and not exactly NBA stuff team-related, which I think we actually should get into and kind of give our outlooks next week, especially if there's not much to talk about, kind of like this week, we can uh, give our outlook for the season and kind of make some predictions. That's something to possibly look forward to, but the NBA came into this year with a goal to change the way that the game has been played. There's been a lot of criticism over the past few years towards the NBA with the style of hunting the call, if you will, jumping into players, looking for free throws. The free throw numbers have been off the charts, and it's been leading to some really, like, broken up, like, 
style of basketball, not really like fluid, a lot of stop and go, and uh, they went into the off season looking to change that. They the biggest decision they made was there was the classic James Harden: you pump fake, you jump into the guy. They basically said the defender has the right to his space too, and you can't launch yourself into his airspace and then get a call. I mean, you see it a lot with Luka Doncic and Curry where they'll pump fake, get their guy in the air, and they'll kind of attempt a shot, but they their first initial move is to jump into the guy, seek the contact, and kind of just huck up a willy-nilly shot to get some easy free throws. And they basically said no more of that. That's just hunting whistles. In addition to that, they also got rid of the thing where if you watch basketball, you know what I'm talking about. He goes, point guard goes around to pick, kind of on the wing, defender at his uh, back, and he just stops on the brakes, kind of brake checks him. Defender, who's uh, running through the play, just kind of runs into the guy out of the fact that the def- the offensive player just stomped on the brakes. They got rid of that. They said you're hunting the call, and this has led to a lot less calls, a lot less free throws. Some players struggling with the changes, and uh, but it's been received really well. And uh, I'll go into that more, but I want to get your initial thoughts because I kind of laid it out there. Yeah, um, I like it. It's really drives me crazy watching the games when it's like all these stupid fouls where it's not like real basketball. Um, I know some players have talked about it. It seems like Harden is like trying to actually adapt to it. He hasn't been like that critical of it. Trey Young is someone who has been like complaining basically about it and I mean to that I would say like he might have there might be some truth in what he's saying about like some stuff is still a foul and it's like too far but I don't really give a shit about that frankly like I just if it doesn't feel like a real basketball play even if it is a foul I don't really care like if these like rule changes and changes in how refereeing goes if that really like just changes how the game is played and makes it so these guards don't like make these non-basketball plays then I think that's for the best I completely agree I mean you've heard Draymond speak openly about it he's used some colorful language to say get rid of those blank calls like uh, and then opposite end of the spectrum like you said Trey Young who's been used to just kind of getting 10 free throws a game consistently and just making opposing fans want to rip their hair out, and probably coaches and players as well. But I think it's beneficial to the game, but they've really emphasized not giving a lot of calls, and I think they're still trying to feel it out because they used to, they're just so used to being so whistle-happy. Now they're really swallowing the whistle, which has led to some really bad no-calls too. Just watching a f- all the Red, uh, Celtics games so far, both sides are some pretty egregious pushes in the back, so they're not calling when going up for layups. There's been just forearms to the back, just straight extension, and it's not being called. So they need to find the middle ground because right now it's kind of like prison ball. There's a lot of contact that's not being called right now. And I think once midway or towards the end of the season, they start settling into their groove and start finding that middle ground of where, yeah, we want it to be a basketball. We don't want bas- non-basketball plays to be fouls, but at the same time, we do want a clean game where you can't shove people in the back and be rewarded. So 
But I think once they do find that middle ground, the style, the state of the game is really going to benefit from it because I like the direction they're going with with it. I think the last year's playoffs was kind of the apex of the problem where you saw Trey Young, Harden, like Booker, CP3, all exposing rules and look at it how as you will, but there's no way that seeking calls instead of seeking like actually making a legitimate shot attempt is good for the game. So in general, I like what the NBA is doing with the whole situation. Yep, me too. Um, did you want to talk about the Celtics before we do winners and losers? Uh, yeah, let's do quick Celtics. Celtics are 2-4. and four. Lost back-to-back games to the Wizards. And uh, I'm actually going to let you start because I kind of have a few points I'm going to rip through. All right. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, it's early to say I'm out on this team already, but I feel like I've seen this movie a few times and they're going to be like decent and they're going to probably sit at like the six or like, I mean, this year they might be sitting at like the eight seed all year. Like they're going to be probably within like, reaching distance of the middle of the seating, so, like, they're going to drag me into, like, being invested, and then they're going to lose in the playoffs, and they're just not that good, is the reality of it. Um, Jalen Brown has looked great at times, Tatum has looked good at times, um, pretty much everyone has had their moments, but it just doesn't seem like they have the, I don't, I mean, I hesitate to say they don't have the talent because we've seen teams with less talent do greater things than this team, but they just don't have it, it seems like. I mean, it just looks like a copy and paste from last year, which is the last thing you wanted to see. The names are slightly different, but the result is the same. There was, you're losing close... Let me just run through because there's only been five, uh, six games and you can look at all of them. First game of the season, opening night, double OT loss to the Knicks. Classic uh, losing close games from last year that just made me sick to my stomach. Losing close games is just the worst and start off the season with a double OT loss. Jalen Brown goes for his career high 54, get nothing out of it. Friday, uh, opening home, home opener, Come out with zero effort, zero intensity. Tatum's arguing for every call, and I'll get into that too. They get blown out by the Raptors, who are not a playoff team, by 35 points. Unacceptable game. Ime Odoka, right after the game, calls everyone out saying they didn't bring the intensity. We're not bringing the effort. How are you not bringing the effort on the home opener with a new coach? If you're not bringing the effort then, second game of the season then when are you going to bring the effort? That's all, That's been a huge talking point for the last two seasons. Effort, effort, effort. Intensity, intensity. Just didn't come to that game. Ready to play. On the home opener. I don't get when you're saving it for. Beat the Rockets. That's a fine win. It's a bad team, though. Go to OT against the Hornets. Win. That's a great game. Tatum played awesome. Brown was kind of off and on that game. But he picked it up late. This was when I thought they were going to turn it around. They were 2-2. Two and two. Big win. Coming back home versus the Wizards, and they lose. They, it was a close one, but it shouldn't have been. They should have ran away with it. Not good play by Jalen Brown. He was awful. 
bad effort, bad intensity. Ime Udoka, after the game, says they showed up to shoot around with bad intensity. He called them out for it then. They showed up to the game with the same bad intensity, and they got exposed for it. He called out Jalen Brown saying he needs to be more consistent. Pretty much said it straight up. Ime Udoka has already called out two of the five games for not having enough intensity and is already calling out players in his fifth ever NBA coaching gig. Saturday, I did not watch this game. It was... I had things to do. But, uh... Double OT loss, another close game. I can't really give much on that. Jalen Brown played well. Tatum played okay. I think he had a bad percentage. Let me check. Yeah, he was 10 for 32. How's that for a percentage? Tatum, you look at him, he has 27 points. Yeah, you missed 22 shots. Took you 32 shots to get there. It's just not looking good if you're a Celtics fan. And I could go on this, I could talk about this and die on this hill for days, but I don't know what it's going to take. We tried a new coach to get this team to play hard, but, I mean, Lewis, we've been harping on this for two years. They don't play hard. They brought a new coach. Brad Stevens isn't rallying the troops like he used to. Let's get a new guy. He's going to relate to the players. Home opener, get blown out by 30 with zero intensity to a bad Raptors team. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, they're just not... They're, I don't know what's going to have to change. It might just need to be a whole new whole new team for them to really be good, but we'll see. I mean, I mean, it's it's just on... I don't get it. Tatum comes out some days and looks like he's an MVP candidate. Some days he comes out like he's at the YMCA, totally checked out, and that any scrub off the bench can play with him, and he's missing 20 shots. Like, he's so inconsistent, and I don't know what's going to get him to change that. I mean, we've been... the They're young, don't worry. He's getting kind of old. It's Jalen Brown's sixth season in the league. Like, Steph Curry won his first MVP and championship in his sixth season. It's getting to the point where they're young, they'll figure out, isn't kind of getting it done anymore. I'll give them this season, and if... Even then, I'm not, I'm not happy, as you can tell. Like, we cannot... Intensity and effort is just inexcusable to come out with zero of it. But on the bright side, before I talk about one more negative thing, Al's been playing great. Mm-hmm. Williams has been pretty good. Schroeder's been amazing. It's just been those close games and that we've been losing in lack of intensity. I mean, you look at it, we could have easily won the Knicks or bo- and both Wizards games. We could easily be sitting at 5-1 and one right now, but... We lose all three of the close games we played in. Actually, we won the Hornets game, though, so I'll give them that. But One more thing I wanted to address is the calls and how the Celtics complain. Like Every call they complain. Ime Odoka said this is a point of emphasis. We don't want to be the team complaining. But uh, he's benching players in preseason for it. Then all of a sudden, you really saw it in this Wizards kind of mini-series. They were complaining after every call. Tatum, hands in the air, head down, not going back on defense. Tatum has been quietly one of the biggest complainers in the league for the past few years, and it's just not what you want to see. Like, it's just not what you want to see from your superstar that everyone else follows, and it's just bad vibes. And when Ime Odoka's the entire preseason is preaching intensity, not harping on the officials, 
and then the first thing we do in the first week of the season is all the things that he said he doesn't and wants to focus on. Like, that's, I don't, that's so bad. Like, there's supposed to be a honeymoon period where the Celtics, like, sing kumbaya with their new best friend coach, but Ime Oduka thrown right into the fire. Maybe it wasn't Brad Stevens like everyone thought. Maybe it's just the makeup of this team and we got to blow it up. Who yeah. Knows? It's possible. Um, Aaron Neesmith. Yeah. Yeah. All right, winners and losers. I got to... That's my Celtics rant. Get yeah. out of my system. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start us off with my first winner, Mike White. In case you need a reminder, that's the guy that was playing quarterback for the Jets this week and threw for 400 yards against the Bengals. Good for Mike White. Um, uh, I got a winner. Uh, the Packers-Cardinals game ended with a late-game interception by Rasul. Uh, what's my, I can't find his last name, but I'm going to go. Douglas. I know his first name is Rasul. Douglas, says Lewis. Mm-hmm. And he was picked up off of the Cardinals practice squad. Signed by the Packers and ends the game against the Cardinals with a pick. So that's really cool to see. Kind of a little revenge pick there. Uh, he's definitely a winner. Love to see that. Um, my other winner is Trevor Plouffe again because the Braves are up 3-1. He had tweeted in March that the Braves were going to beat the Astros in six games in the World Series. So it's very much in play that he's going to be correct. Uh, I got another winner here. The Josh or Jock Peterson pearls. He broke his pearls last game, and he had his I don't know pearl supplier jeweler fly down to Atlanta to get him more pearls for tonight's game. So uh, big play there by his jeweler. Might be getting a few more calls from celebrities because man with dedication like that, you gotta get Jock his pearls because the Braves are hot right now and you can't change anything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got. Oh no, that's all I got for winners. Any yeah, more winners? No, I'm out. Okay. Uh, losers. My first one is Bengals bandwagoners, because yeah. they. There is definitely a lot of people hopping on the bandwagon, and then they lost to the Jets. I have a similar loser: the Lakers bandwagon and the Westbrook bandwagon, to be more specific. Mm. Lakers season has started off slow. Westbrook has been. Hit or miss, turning the ball over 10 times, blowing 26-point leads for the first time in Lakers history. Not what you want to see from the Lakers to start off the year, and you got to wonder, like, man, Westbrook, can he be on a winning team? The questions have been going around for years, but if you're on the Lakers bandwagon right now, the first week of the season doesn't exactly give you some some faith in what they're going to go on to do. Yep. Um, this will take some time to explain, but my second loser is Florida State betters against Clemson. Um, the the mm. line was Florida State plus nine and a half, which means in order for you to win the bet, the Florida State would only they would have to either win, but if they were to lose, they could lose by as much as nine points, and you would still win the bet. So. They're down by four, still within the winning the bet range, 
and they go for a hook and ladder to try to score. It gets picked off and brought back for six. So then it ended up they ended up losing by ten or eleven. I don't know. It doesn't matter if the extra point went in, but they ended up losing that and the betters all lost on that stupid play where the touchdown didn't really mean anything. I like that one. That's a solid w- loser. But uh, I got one here that could rival it. Uh, I got two, actually, that are pretty solid. So one is the Colts mascot's head. Headaches. Oh concussion. The Tennessee Titans had a game-winning field goal in AT- OT to seal the victory for the Titans. And the camera pans to the field goal, crossing through the uprights to a Colt mascot slamming his head violently, consistently <laughs> into the field goal bowl, summing up the cold season. If you have a chance to watch the video, everyone, I recommend go watching it because as the ball sails through the uprights, he's just mashing, mashing the head right onto the upright. So that's a loser right there. And my last one, kind of similar to you, betters and or like disrespectfulness in general. I don't know what teams are playing. I saw this a while ago and didn't have the smarts to save it, I guess. But basically, the game's over. Team has the ball. They're up by four with, like, two seconds left. All they have to do is kneel the game away. They do a fake kneel and Mm -hmm. run it in for a 50-yard touchdown. With two seconds left, they're already guaranteed to win. They fake the kneel. Everyone kind of stops. The guy just takes off for a 50-yard touchdown. The team improves to three and seven on the year. This is college football, probably like D three or something. And uh, I've never seen that before. I don't know what made them do that or decide to do that, but the fake kneel fifty yard touchdown run to shove it in your opponent's face. Um, I have two more. My first one is Tua. Um, he was asked in an interview, I don't know if it was post-game or pre-game or something, but he, an, a reporter asked him if he felt wanted in Miami amid all the, like, Deshaun Watson rumors, and he said no, that he didn't feel wanted. So, Ooh. I, that's, Ooh. he's a loser there. Go one and seven, and uh, yeah. I don't think many would be wanted. Yep. And my final one is Cade Cunningham, who scored two points in his oh, debut. Oh, good one. Yeah, I'm not that's one officially of the worried debuts. yet, but Jalen Green and Evan Mobley both look pretty good. I saw, like, oh, worst initial, like, performance on a new team ever. Evan Fournier for the Celtics hmm. went 0 for 10 in his first game. Yeah, so of course. Evan Fournier breaking records there. We don't even need to talk about his next debut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I think that's it for winners and losers. I think all we got left is baseball, right? Yep. Baseball, Atlanta. I'm watching Atlanta do the tomahawk, uh, the chop right now. Oh. What's going on in the World Series right now, Lewis? What's what's the situation? Well, it is three-one Braves and. Let's go. They are looking pretty good. Um, tonight, the pitching matchup is Framber Valdez versus something with a T. Tucker Davidson. 
um, who is 25 and has pitched in four games this season. This is the direct effect of Charlie Morton being hurt. Um, Bullpen game. Yep. Um, yeah, so after this game, the series goes back to Houston. So, I mean, I still have the Braves winning, obviously. It's pretty hard to pick against a 3-1 lead, just mathematically. Um, but I do, I do really worry if the Braves lose this game that um, they could be in trouble going back to Houston having to win, only having to win one of those games. But, I yeah, I still have the Braves. I think they, even if they lose, they will at some point have one of their good pitchers going and they'll probably be able to get it done. But I do think that even though it's 3-1 and it's somewhat comfortable, this would this is a really big game. Obviously a big game. It's the World Series, but you got to win this. I agree. I think this is an important game for Atlanta because they're actually looking at back-to-back bulk bullpen games. They're going to have one here tonight and then another one game six if that happens in Houston. Like you said, the Charlie Morton injury, this is kind of hurting them. Obviously, he's their ace. And uh, not what you want to see in a World Series matchup, a little bit of unluckiness if you're a Braves fan. But, hey, they're in a great spot. They're up 3-1 without the arguably best player in the National League in mm. Ronald Acuna, who's watching from the dugout, which is just crazy to think about. They turned their season around, and now they're beating a team up 3-1 to one in a World Series. Yeah, I'm picking Atlanta. Like you said, mathematically, it's hard to pick against them. And I think they're ending it here tonight in ATL. I hope that happens. That'd be so cool. I think, uh, I think they just had a magical playoff run. I don't want to act like it's all over, but even if they lose out from here on you got to look at it as like wow they shocked the world really they beat the dodgers and the brewers who had winning the world series and no one saw this coming from a team who lost their best player midway through the season yeah many teams would crumble under that yeah i just want to make one last point about that they lost not just acuna they also lost max freed and i feel like this is an example of like why tanking isn't always the best strategy like they obviously tanking has helped like look at the other team in the world series the astros were horrible and then all of a sudden they had like they have a mini dynasty altuve springer correa and bregman all and they're all young and they're all good um but the Braves lost Acuna, and they immediately, at the trade deadline, got Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler. They, instead of, like, cutting their losses and just saying, like, well, if we play well, we play well, and if we don't, it's fine. They actually, like, went out and made a win-now move, and it's paying off. So Not to mention, I hope that they that lost Marcelo Zuna. Yeah, they lo- yeah, I mean, they looked dead. It was... They lost three of their, their best players. Their season was over, and they just, like, decided to buy win instead of sell, series. and now they're probably about to win the World Series. Did you see that, like, parachuter coming? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That had to be planned, right? Yeah, yeah. Random <laughs> gripe. When I was at the Sox game, they did a flyover. I was ready for the F-16s to come over, and they had a 
fueling unit, like one of those big chunky things mm. that like fuels up the F-16s do the flyover, and it took mm. like 30 seconds, and we were like, I was ready for the, yeah. and then, you know, everyone's yeah. like, wow, America, mm-hmm. and then instead in comes this fueling unit, guy's breaking 30 miles an hour, but uh, yeah, that's where, that's where my mind went when I saw that. Yeah, I think that's a good note to end it on unless you have anything else. Nope, I do want a quick round of applause for you and I for uh, uploading yeah. two weeks consecutively. All right, that's it. Maybe another one next weekend.